Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show with your host, Jason Brown, where each week Jason teaches you how to get yourself and your clients brutally strong and, of course, well conditioned. What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned. Thank you for joining me back on this episode. I am talking about my transition from going from being a gym owner to owning an online training business. And uh, to give you guys a full backstory and to lay it out there uh, as far as hours I was putting in, how much I was making, and just kind of the overall cost of being a gym owner, and then making that leap to online training, how things changed, uh, I'm going to give you guys the real scoop of what actually happened and, and how I was feeling. So I think anyone that's a gym owner, anyone that's listening, if you've been a gym owner or uh, maybe you are a coach at a gym, there's a lot of things that you have to contend with in that space. And there's certainly a lot of great things that happen. You, you see transformations, you see people become better versions of themselves, do things that they didn't think they could do. Um, I mean, all that stuff is well and good, but I will say that I am probably not the best person to own a gym. Um, and the reason being is that you are dealing with a lot of personalities and you don't really necessarily get to choose your clients. I think that there are plenty of successful businesses that are really great at handpicking and choosing the right clients to work with and looking at it as more of a relationship than anything else, which I think is a smart thing to do. And probably one of the things that I would do now that I didn't do back then, but starting out, you're kind of taking what you can get. Like you're trying to be successful. You're trying to keep your lights on. Um, you're trying to train people and, and, uh, you know, influence change in their lives as far as their health and fitness. Um, so, you know, you're always kind of in a position where you want to take whatever you can get. And especially for the young coaches or new gym owners, you are um, in a position where you are going to have to be less selective. Okay. Now, one of the things I talk about a lot with, with coaches that I work with is figuring out who your ideal client is and, and tailoring your message to go towards those people. I think that working with people, whether it be in-person training or online training, is a relationship like anything else. And, you know, of course, there are going to be differences that you have in those relationships in terms of just your personality type. But I think the better relationships, the people that you end up having the most success with, both as just uh, your interaction as well as even the results they get, I think that those are relationships with people that you could probably have a beer with or uh, have a conversation with outside of the gym. Those tend to be better working relationships. At least that's how I've seen it to be from my perspective. So being a gym owner was was a real big challenge for me. And I think one of the bigger challenges that um, you may or may not know is that I opened a gym one month after coming home from a deployment. And I met my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time. Um, she wasn't even my girlfriend at the time, which is even really crazy to say out loud. We met, we both wanted to open a gym. We shared that that goal, that dream of, of, of opening a gym and, and influencing uh, people and as far as improving their health, their fitness, and their strength, and all those great things. And um, that was our common goal. And we came together on it. And within a month's time, we had our gym open, which then was a CrossFit gym. And uh, again, goal was to keep the lights on. We I think we had a, a monthly uh, rent payment of about 1500 bucks. We had a small 2000 square foot space and, um, you know, we, we both put everything we had into it as far as time, money, effort. I had uh, just come back from a deployment. So I'd saved a fair amount of money and, uh, we were both in prime position to, to, you know, 
put the rubber to the road, so to speak, and get this thing going. For me, it was very, very challenging because I was very tired. Um, I didn't, you know, really, I didn't come home and really stop and, and smell the roses, so to speak. I didn't give myself a break. I didn't, you know, take and take naps and do the things that you would expect to do, report, uh, you know, returning home after a, a very stressful year, the most stressful year of my life that I had ever experienced at that time. And, um, you know, for me, it was just easier to go into something and to keep myself occupied and not have to deal with what was really going on underneath the surface, which was a lot of different issues as far as my energy, as far as my, my mental capacity, and as far as just, you know, overall, my disposition about everything I was doing. And that alone was a challenge that put me in a position where it was very, very hard to be positive it was very, very hard to, to feel motivated. And I'll do all the things that you need to do when you're opening a new business. Um, so that was a challenge in and of itself. But I think the bigger challenge for me back then, and, and I think this would have probably been a challenge, even if I hadn't been coming home from a deployment was dealing with so many different types of personalities. That was very, very challenging. And I think that was, I would say, the hardest part of the whole experience for me. It also made that transition to moving online a lot easier. It was a much more clear-cut decision versus you know, weighing out the pros and cons. It was heavily in favor of moving online. So um, fast forward, you know, we had we we put ourselves in a position to have a successful business. We actually outgrew our space. We moved into a bigger space, a six thousand square foot space, um, and and all things were going well. We were we were profitable. Um, we weren't making a ton of money, but we were profitable. Um, and you know, again, as the gym grew, the more people that came, the more personalities emerged, the more issues emerged, and you know, things like clicks and people having different differing opinions on the programming. I mean, that's something, you know, you'd hear feedback, hey, we haven't done any pull-ups this week. And there, there was a lot of that, a lot of those grumblings. Anytime someone was unhappy with something that was going on, or maybe we made a change, um, you'd invariably hear about it from, you know, four or five different people. And that was always tough because any gym owner knows, like, you're trying to do your best for people. You're trying to give them options. You're trying to obviously get them results. And sometimes that stuff isn't at the forefront. Sometimes people are focusing on maybe you don't have the exact class time they want, or maybe a gym down the street has open gym all day and you don't have open gym all day. These are the things that you hear about instead of hearing more about, hey, I am the strongest I've ever been. I look the best I've ever, uh, I've ever looked. And you know, a lot of times that the negativity just overshadows the great things that are going on. And I, I will be the first to admit that I got very much caught up in the negativity and the, the negative feedback that we would get on various things. Needless to say though, the business was still growing. We had about 200 members. Um, as far as, you know, the time that we were putting in and what we were getting out as far as our income, I would say there was a pre pretty big, uh, discrepancy there as far as the effort, level of effort, the amount of time that me and my wife were putting in. Um, it didn't really align for me. And it, and you know, long-term, if I was to look at that and say, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, I definitely wouldn't have said that back then. I actually remember having a conversation with my wife. This was in a, uh, we lived in a two family house and we refer to it as the tiny house. <laughs> this is before we had kids. It was I don't know, maybe 800 square feet. And I, I could be even uh, wrong, could be even smaller than that, but it was a very, very small space. And we referred to it as the tiny house. We were in the kitchen of the tiny house. 
And I said, Dan, what if in a year from now, we're still in the same exact place we're at right now, where we're busting our bus, we're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You know, we're, we're dealing with all the things that are going on with, with different clicks forming and different members having issues with the schedule. And, 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 you know, obviously as the gym grew, the expenses went up, we had more coaches on staff. Um, so just a lot of things going on, a lot of, a lot of stressors, a lot of, uh, questions to be asked and a lot of questions that did, that did need answers. I mean, we, we had to be constantly making decisions about various things. And that was very, very tough. Um, so I remember asking her that question, like, what if a year from now we're in the same, you know, how do you foresee that going? What, what change do you want to make? Or maybe you don't want to make a change. I was pretty, uh, you know, for me, it was pretty uh, black and white. I said, if we're in the same position, I want to move on. I want to do something else. I want to, you know, potentially try to sell a business or, you know, even clo potentially close the doors if I had to, um, and move on and do something else. And, you know, obviously closing the doors and just like liquidating your equipment wasn't really an option. We, we did have a profitable business. Um, so I don't think that was necessarily an option, but I do think that trying to find uh, a different path was something that made sense for myself. And lo and behold, it's funny, like the answer was kind of always there. My wife used to always just joke about how much time I spent on programming. And, you know, I remember her saying very clearly when we lived in the tiny house, too bad you couldn't get paid to write programming because you love it so much. And I said, yeah, that would be, that'd be really great. <laughs> Imagine that. And I honestly think from the time of that comment, I think within a year's time, it actually happened where I was getting paid. And, um, you know, fast forward, you know, we, we had linked up with, Chris Cooper and two brain business. And we were, we were working with them and, and, you know, using them for consulting and, uh, doing calls with Chris Cooper, which was honestly probably one of the biggest turning points in my life as both a human being and as a business owner. And, you know, the idea of people outsourcing programming became real. That was something people were looking to do. There wasn't a whole lot of options back then, but there was something there. There was something to, potentially start and see what happens with it. And I remember starting box programming and I had one client and it was in December, I think of 2014. And I was charging $3.99 a month and I was writing him custom programming for his gym. And it was, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. Um, I could, I could do this for a few more people. And I think within three months time, I had three or four more clients. So I, I was, you know, around five or six clients uh, at $3.99 a month you know, so do the math there. I started to make a little bit of extra cash. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool because not only do I love doing it, uh, but I'm getting paid. <laughs> so, I mean, lo and behold, right. You know, people always say, find a job that, you know, you can essentially do exactly what you love and, um, you know, not have to work a day in your life. And that's kind of what was happening. But very quickly, I started to see that there was some issues that I was already having and trying to, write a custom training plan for every gym, understand their equipment level, understand their needs, uh, understand, you know, who they're serving was very, very tough. So at that point I said, you know what, I'm going to write one stream of programming and I'm going to customize for your equipment. So it'd be less about the one-on-one, -on -one, the actual like one-off situation. It would be more about the actual gym. And everyone had different schedules. Some people were had, you know, Sunday they did classes or Sunday they did open gym. And so there was just a lot of these different things going on. So we evolved pretty quickly. Um, I realized that, you know, 
I was using Google Sheets to deliver programming, a shared document, which was crazy to think, but I was doing it and I did it for a year's time and I did it for a hundred people at one point, which again, just got very, very messy. So developing a website and a back end platform, you know, started to put things in the right direction and word of mouth alone. I didn't do any marketing or anything like that. I just uh, started writing content. And anytime someone had a question, I would write an article and we would get the basic stuff. I mean, stuff that you can imagine, and honestly, some, some of the same stuff that I post even to this day um, were some of the main topics uh, things about like accessory work and different movement patterns and uh, the conjugate system and aerobic conditioning and so on and so forth. So these were the things that I used as instead of just answering the same question over and over, I figured, you know what, makes more sense to write an article and then refer them to the article. Um, and lo and behold, you know, that content has served me incredibly well. I mean, fast forward to present day, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of articles and, and videos and, you know, writing for different sites is a lot of the times way people find me. So I didn't really know then back then that that was going to happen, but it was kind of one of those things that just happened organically. And I'm, you know, very fortunate to uh, have been able to do, you know, have done that then and to have it pay off later on. So needless to say, the business grew very quickly. And with a year's time, you know, we were, you know, we, we had a six figure business on our hands and it was really the best place that I wanted to be. It was the best place for me as a, an individual. I wasn't dealing with a lot of personality types. I wasn't seeing people in person, listening to the complaints. I didn't have to work, you know, more than 40 hours a week doing it. I had weekends off. Um, and it was completely under my control. I could apply a lot of the lessons I learned from my owning the experience I had owning a gym to that business. So at that point, I remember saying, you know what? It was, uh, it was like September, um, of 2015 or it might've been 2016. I could be wrong, but it was right around that time where I said, you know what, by first of the year, I'm going to bow out and you know, you're going to have to replace me at the gym. I said this to my wife and you know, her answer was, well, I really don't want to do it without you. So why don't we just sell? And I was like, okay, well, I actually have someone in mind that I think might buy it. And lo and behold, uh, they were a member. They ended up buying the business from us. And within two weeks time, we were done. Signed, sealed, delivered. We sold the business. We moved on. So the thing that really made that business work, uh, as far as box programming is concerned, doing online training for the first time, was getting people results. And we talk about this a lot. Um, you'll see various posts where it's like, hey, you know, marketing and all that stuff is great. And you'll probably have to do it at some point or another. But if you can keep the same clients for longer term, you're going to get better results. And we had honestly some of the same clients even through COVID. So the people that I had when I started that business in 2014, 2015, were some of the same people that we had, you know, some of them even had to close during COVID completely. Um, we had a lot of those same clients for, for, you know, five years, which is, you know, really a testament to the results that they were getting from the system of training, which was really kind of a basic level version of CXC. It was conjugate training. It was, you know, a combination of CrossFit and conjugate um, with obviously the aerobic development piece in there. But it was a system that produced results. I mean, we would hear about results from get people feeling better, looking better, the whole gamut of things. The main criticism was they thought the workouts weren't hard enough, which again is, you know, one of the things that I just laugh at till this day, I, I still look back and like, well, you're getting better results. The PRs are there. Um, the metrics are supporting what we're doing, but you don't feel the workouts are hard enough. 
You know, so, I mean, it's the same analogy that I've used a million times about, would you rather work more or work less to make more money? And, you know, obviously we'd rather work less and make more money. That makes sense, right? That was the same thing we were doing with box programming. And so the CXC system evolved from that, from the results people got, and then refining it to more of present day, how we do things. But obviously how we do things today is on an individual level. So there's uh there's a lot more room to do things the way we actually want to do them. And that's a major reason why I let go of box programming and stop programming for CrossFit gyms, because there were a lot of things with CrossFit that I didn't necessarily believe in anymore. So the main point here is that your programming is the thing that makes you successful. It's not your marketing. It's not a social media manager. It's not a, a great email sequence or a lead magnet. It is your product refine your product. That's why I talk ad nauseum about having sound programming first and foremost. You can work with a business coach and I would highly recommend that you do at some point or another, but until you have a sound product where it is it is literally lights out programming, you can get anyone results at any time, doesn't matter what they are, who they are, their background, you are confident enough that you can say, you are going to get a, get results if you work with me. That is very powerful and it's one of those things that's going to empower you to feel like you can do uh, you know, what you wanna do as far as with online training and do it well and be successful doing it. So without that, I would not be here. Um, I could have written articles, not got people results. And you know, sure, um, I'm sure that there would have been people that still came to me, but at the end of the day, people that come to me usually stay with me. My retention on our on Team CXC, we've, we've only launched it in August, has been incredibly high. My one-on-one clients, some of the same clients I've had now for five, six, seven years. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny. I, I'm actually, I, I grew I grew my one-on-one clients this past year uh, up to about 30 clients. And I'm I'm getting to the point where it's, it's currently I'm actually full for one-on-one clients. But, um, you know, with other things coming up and other parts of my business, there will be a point when I might have to downgrade some of my one-on-one clients and not have as many, um, which is a tricky thing. And it's a really good problem to have. You want people to want to stay with you for the long term. It's much easier to keep a current client than it is to gain a new one. Think about that. That's a really important point that I don't think you're going to hear as many business coaches that are focused on, you know, your offer and, um, you know, different, different things as far as like you figuring out who your ideal client is and making your content speak to the right people, much easier to retain the clients that you have. Someone that has already worked with you, someone that knows you, someone that trusts you, than it is to go out there and compete. I mean, you're, you have to compete with a lot of people online. I mean, people can essentially work with anyone. People can work with me. I mean, not, maybe not right now because I'm full, but you know, there are a lot of options for people online. So you have to solidify yourself as not only an expert, but someone that is going to get someone results for a year over a year. That is a tricky part. It's not month over month. I can get someone results, anyone results for a few months. It's the year thing. It's two years. That is where we see the magic. Okay. If you're doing a challenge, you get someone results for three months, great. Get those people results for years. Then talk to me. Hope that helps, guys. See you on the next show. This was another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. And be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. 